Praise the Lord. Welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis. I'm glad to be here with you this morning, uh, breaking open the bread of life. We're in the book of Ephesians. We've been in the book of Ephesians since uh, October. Uh, last October the 7th, I believe we began, and we've had just a great time in the Lord learning His Word. And we're just excited to be able to have these weekly Bible studies, and hopefully soon we'll be able to be doing more than that. Uh, adding to that, and uh, uh, we're just excited to be hearing from the Lord, learning of the Lord, being able to uh, love the Lord more than we ever have before, learning the truth, learning to love the truth, learning to walk in the truth, because there is the only place God will work according to what He has said in His Word, that all His works are done in truth. So that ought to cause the child of God to love the truth more than ever before. And when I say the truth, I'm, I'm talking about the Word of God in truth, not just the Word of God, the Word of God in truth. And, and that's something that the Lord's been impressing in my heart lately, that it's not just the Bible, it's, what the, it's what's in the Bible. It's not just the words that God spoke, it's the truth in what God has spoken, the, the power of what God has spoken to us. And that really is when faith really comes, not from just reading the Bible, faith comes when we hear truth when we believe truth and we know that faith comes because when faith comes that means God is moving and there's a manifestation of his fruit praise the Lord uh, I just want to before we get into the word remind everybody we'll be going to Broken Bow Oklahoma leaving at the church in the morning at 7 30 a.m. Uh, it's uh, Highway 3 and North uh, McClure uh, if you go into Broken Bow, just turn on Highway 3 right off of North McClure. And as soon as you turn on Highway 3, it'll be right on the right, little uh, Christian Fellowship Family Worship Center. And uh, Brother Cecil and his wife, Karina Lewis, will be there. Service starts at 10. If you're anywhere near Oklahoma, that Broken Bow, Idabel area, we'd love to meet you and love to have you in a worship service with us. Uh, there's some folks coming in from Baton Rouge, Louisiana, who are going to be doing uh, the music, and we're just excited about what the Lord's going to do tomorrow. One more thing, we finally got our book out of printing. And we have a couple of hundred of these made. Uh, they're $15 each. If you got in on the $10 copy of just the rough print, then God bless your darling heart. But the books are $15. And uh, I'm excited about this little book because it's entitled All God's Works Are Done in Truth. Something he's really impressed on in my heart over the last five or six years and, and has brought much clarity uh, to the scriptures, to me and to those who uh, are at Crossway Church and others who are associated with us who are teaching this. And, and so you can get your little 62-page booklet today. Just request it online, hit the donate button, and we'll send it to you. Amen. Praise God. Well, today is July the 7th, 2017. We're in chapter 5, and I believe we're going to start in verse 14 this morning of the book of Ephesians. There's our address. There's the website. So thank you for those of you who do write and encouraging words of how much this uh, broadcast is blessing you. And those of you who uh, financially and prayerfully support uh, this ministry, we're thankful for you. So I encourage you this morning to get your Bibles, your pencil, your paper, get ready to study the Word of God with us. That's what it is. It is a Bible study. And we just ask the Lord this morning to bless us. Let's pray and ask Him to do that this morning. Father, we thank You for this opportunity to stand, Lord, before You this morning to gather, Lord, again in Your name with Your people in You, Lord. We ask that You would teach us Your Word. 
word, that you would teach us the truth, that you would teach us the fear of the Lord, and that you would, Lord, give us those golden nuggets that you've told us to buy from you, Lord God, that gold that can only be bought with faith. And, and I pray this morning that the revelation of Jesus Christ and what he's done for us on the cross would become more uh, in our hearts more assured than ever before and we'd be strengthened in this great truth more than ever before and I pray a blessing Lord on all that are here in the studio and all that would watch this broadcast whether it's right now live or later and I just thank you for allowing us to do what we're doing today in Jesus name amen amen Ephesians chapter 5 I think we left off last week in verse 14, but we'll start with verse 13. We'll just read that so we can roll right into where we are. I like to do that many times. Uh, I don't just like jumping into a verse and, you know, because every verse in the Bible is attached to the verse before. And if you're not careful, you'll be back in Genesis 1 1 because it's all good and it's all God's Word and it's all tied together and it's all about Jesus. So Ephesians 5 13, but all things are reproved that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever does make manifest is light. And the word reproved we talked about last week means to admonish, to rebuke, or to convict by telling a truth. And, and, and you know, uh, John 3 and 20, the Bible says this, For everyone that does evil hates the light, neither comes to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. Uh, you know, the world has a saying, the uh, birds of a feather flock together. But also those of like precious faith flock together. And those who are serving God flock together. Those who are serving false gods flock together. Those who have a Bible but are just uh, using it for all sorts of reasonings outside of learning the truth who is Christ and Him crucified, they flock together. But make no mistake about it, God is raising up a remnant of grace in these last days that are coming back to this faith and grace, this true faith and grace, which is true faith, a faith that brings great assurance, which is in the cross of Jesus Christ and that alone. Then we begin to walk in the understanding God has given us in his word. And those who do not, they love their sin. They love the darkness, Jesus taught, more than they like, want the light. Because they, they, don't, they won't come to the light unless they be rebuked, unless they feel guilty. Because every person on the planet, even before you're a Christian, you have a conscience. And that's why lost people don't really like being around found people, saved people. Because there's conviction, there's guilt, there's condemnation because they're lost. And all that goes with being lost. Guilt, shame, condemnation, rage, and a million other things that are not of God. That the, that the saved man or woman uh, is delivered from when we come into the kingdom, praise God. So the reason they don't come to the light, they won't come to the truth, is because uh, their deeds will be reproved. And we don't like being told that we're wrong. I've heard people go as far as to say that, uh, well, who, who decided that foul language was foul language? I've heard that. Well, who, who decided? I mean, where in the Bible does it say don't cuss? 
I've heard people make up excuse for every sin, but and it, all those things emanate from a conviction, a guilt, a condemnation. The Bible says, uh, Romans 2, 14 and 15, if we're under the law, we will excuse sin or we will accuse each other of sin. And those things happen under the law. Under grace, we learn to love the truth and walk in the liberating power of the truth. And uh, every born-again person, the reason they came to the truth is because they were sick of their condemnation and sin. And they wanted deliverance. And when they heard the gospel, eventually they accepted it. They came to the light. His name is Jesus. It's not a blight bub. It's not a church. It's Jesus who is the light. Now the church is the light as long as they're walking in the light. Amen. So, uh, so, you know, there's a lot of people who gather up in places where the light is not being produced. And never forget, Jesus is the light, but the cross is what turns him on. The cross is the light switch. So, watch this. But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light. For whatsoever things does make manifest is light. And last week we talked about, and earlier in this chapter... It tells us that we are light in the Lord. And we're to walk as light in the Lord. And if we are, then we're, the church is the reproving agent, the Holy Spirit, of, co of course. But the church is the only place the Holy Spirit abides is in believers, the church, blood-bought people of God. And when we are delivering the truth, living the truth, a reproving takes place. That's why most can't come and sit under the preaching of the cross. Because the preaching of the cross turns the light on. You ever walked into a house that had roaches in it and you turn the light on, they're gone. The bugs got to go. So when the message of the cross come fo comes forth, that's the message of the one who is light. And it turns the light on. And conviction, that means the work of the Holy Spirit, begins to take place. And we either, as people, do one of two things. We come to the light through repentance, or we run from the light in rebellion. That's the only two boats that exist. We come to the light because we want our works reproved. We want our work. Lord, I'm sick of me. I'm sick of my stuff. I want you and your perfection. I want your righteousness. Or we rebel and run, but we do one of the two things, and we actually do it every day of our life, even as the saved people of God. We keep running to Calvary for the benefits we call daily mercy. Amen. There are none without faith in the cross. Or we run making excuses from God. So he says, wherefore, in verse 14, wherefore, that means, see, that's why we had to go back. Therefore, wherefore sends you backwards. You have to go back and read what wherefore is about. So, wherefore he says, Awake you that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give you light. Now, I know a lot of people would like to say this means the lost, and it could mean the lost because the lost are asleep in death. Separated from God without hope, without strength, no way to God except through Christ and what he did at Calvary. But when I was in Austin last weekend, the Lord gave me a message from Romans chapter 13, and I want to read two or three of those scriptures to you. 
Romans 13, 11, and 12, showing you, and what, what the Lord, I believe, wants to show us this morning, one of the things is that as a church, uh, not only the lost need to wake up and come to life, come to the light of Jesus Christ, but the church needs to come back to Calvary so it can wake up from its slumber. And watch this, it's proven in Romans chapter 13, because the Bible is to the, to the church. Romans is written to the Roman church. The church in Rome. So watch this in Romans 13, 11. And that, knowing the time that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, because now is our salvation. Everybody say, our salvation. Our salvation, our salvation nearer than when we believed. See, that proves it's talking about us, and we believed, and we were saved, but it also shows that there's more to our salvation that we have than we have right now. Let me read it again. And that knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of sleep, for now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. Now, what does that mean, preacher? I thought I was already, had, already had salvation. You do. But in the salvation plan of God, there is always more. We have been saved from hell. We are being daily saved from ourselves. And one day we will be ultimately saved. And, and I, I like the way I heard it once. It said we've been saved from the guilt and the shame of sin. We are now being saved from the power of sin. And we will be soon saved from the presence of sin. There will be no presence of sin. We get new bodies that won't have to eat, won't have to drink. I don't know if we will. We'll be able to because Jesus did. But there won't be a need for food. There won't be a need for water because we will live by the Spirit of God eternally who indwells us. We won't be flesh and blood. We'll be spirit-glorified people. Hallelujah. But he says this, and he's talking to the church. The night is far spent. The day is at hand. Let us, not them, let us therefore cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. That's us in the body of Christ who've been asleep. And what this is referring to when he's talking about cast off the works of darkness, in the Bible, darkness represents ignorance. Light represents knowledge. So when you come to the light, you come to the knowledge of Christ. If you walk in darkness, it means you're walking in ignorance. And it's one of two things, either because you don't know and you're ignorant of the knowledge of Christ, or you know and the church in Rome having to be reminded they've fallen asleep, they need to wake up because they've, they weren't ignorant of the light, they begin to ignore the light. See, those two words are one and the same. You can be ignorant of something, but once you have revelation, once you know something, now all you can do because you're no longer ignorant is ignore. And the church in Rome, the Holy Spirit is having to write them through the Apostle Paul and tell them it's time to wake up. Why would the church need to be told to wake up? Because they were asleep. And what did that mean? That means that they were walking in ignorance again. And the only way the church can walk, listen to me carefully, the only way the church can walk in ignorance is by rejecting the message of the cross. 
And, I, and, and, and listen, it can be like, I don't believe that anymore. I'm, I, I, I don't believe it. Or it can be, yes, we believe in the message of the cross, but you're all tied up in things that have put you to sleep. You see, works, un, works for salvation, works for righteousness put us to sleep. It proves that we're walking in darkness. And here the church is told to cast off the works of darkness. Amen. Look at it. Cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Jesus is the light. And when we read in Ephesians, and I just am so looking forward to teaching about all the armor in Ephesians 6. But when we look at all that armor the good soldier wears in Ephesians chapter 6, each piece of that armor is symbolic of what Christ did for us at Calvary. The helmet of salvation. He saved us through the blood of his cross. The breastplate of righteousness. He that knew no sin became our sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The gospel shoes of peace that we wear. Colossians 1.20 says he made our peace by the blood of his cross. The loin belt of truth, the truth is Jesus. It liberates us. What about him liberates us? What he did at Calvary. Every piece of that armor, the sword of the Spirit, that is the word of Almighty God, Jesus said was in the context of him. James calls it the law of liberty. When the word of God is seen and shown us by the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will never show you a word from this Bible that won't liberate you or strengthen you or comfort you through faith in what Jesus has done for you at Calvary. So all that armor... God here through the Apostle Paul calls it light, armor of light, armor of victory. Darkness is gone. We're no longer children of darkness. It is day. It's time to awaken and to live and to cast off the works of darkness. Hallelujah. My goodness. That's what the message of the cross is doing. Folks who just don't understand. I don't know what you mean about I have to be in a church that's preaching the message of the cross. My preacher believes the cross, but is he preaching it? Is he opening the book, putting jokes aside for the supper table or for the whatever, wherever, and preaching the word of God? I'm talking about his name is Jesus. I said preaching the word of God. His name is Jesus. Genesis to Revelation. Folk don't even know what it means when Jesus claims to be the first and the last. He is the first word and the last word. Hallelujah. He is the first and the last. He spoke the first word. He'll speak the last word over your life. And today, my friend, he's speaking a word to me and to you, telling us to wake up. It's not just about a church service. It's not just about a chapter a day. It's not about 30 minutes in prayer a day. It's about faith in the cross. Yes, that will, by the power of the Holy Spirit, put you in a cross-preaching church. It'll put you in prayer. It'll put you to fasting. It'll put you to... Uh, uh, studying the Word of God, it will put you in the plan and the and the experiential presence of Almighty God. Hallelujah! A true relationship. I, I fear that too many Christians today think that their relationship with Christ is just because they're telling someone they have a personal relationship with Christ, and it's become nothing but words. We need to wake up. 
We need to come back to faith in the cross. And can I tell you, when you do, you're going to come out of that dead mess where they're not, they are refusing to cast off the works of darkness. They are refusing. They are watching ministers being raised up in these last days, preaching the message of the cross, and they refuse to repent and come that way. On Facebook, on social media, I see some certain preachers, and all they do is tell jokes, and they're comical. That's all they do on social media. It's like they're not even called, and the only time they change their voice is when they stand in the pulpit, and they, they think it's some anointing that comes on them. My friend, if you're called to preach, you're preaching all day, every day. It's what's on your mind and your heart. It, it's who you are. It's like if you're called to preach and to pastor or to evangelize, you are like a restaurant owner in a sense. If you know anything about the restaurant business, uh, you better not get in it because it will consume your life. It is before sun up, after sundown, all day, every day. You leave, it will fail. And it's just that way in ministry. It is a consuming, but it is a good consuming because it all comes out of a relationship with Jesus. Hallelujah. Praise God. So he tells us in the book of Romans to put on the armor of light because our salvation is nearer now than when we believe. See, we still have something good to look forward to. We were saved, we're being saved, and we will ultimately be completely saved. Praise God. And because he said, he's saying these things, he's talking about those that won't come to the light. There's a reproving taking place by the light. And, and Jesus calls us the light. You are the light of the world, but we are only the light of the world because the one who is the true light lives within us and attempts daily to shine through us. And then he says this, But all things that are reproved are made manifest by the light, for whoso, whatsoever does make manifest is light. Wherefore, he says, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead. And let me say something about that, because the word dead does not necessarily mean lost. It, may, it could mean for a Christian, our fellowship could become dead. That's those who walk in darkness. First John uh, chapter 1 uh, says, If you think you walk in light, let me just turn over and read it. I always mess that up. I get mixed up over there. First John 1, 1 and 7, 1 and 9. Let's look over there with our eye bubs and see it, what it's saying. First John chapter 1. We'll get there tomorrow. Here we are. Uh, verse 6, First John chapter 1. If we say... And anybody can say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. See, here we are. See, here we are. And this is proof to all the Joseph Prince and the today false grace teaching out there uh, that this is to the lost. Paul wrote to the church in Rome and said, wake up. You're sleeping. Did you get that? And he calls it tells us, the church, to cast off the works of darkness. That means the works of darkness can be on us, yet we say we're walking with the Lord. Somebody needs to hear me this morning. There's something going on. The Lord's trying to show, confirm some things this morning about these false teachers out there teaching that this is to the lost. Nothing in the Bible is to the lost except one phrase, repent and believe in Christ Jesus. That's all that's in the Bible to the law. Because the Bible, God says in His Word that no natural man can understand the word of God but we can so therefore we have the understanding of it that means those who 
are not walking in the understanding of it are actually the ones the Bible is talking to about casting off the works of darkness. Because if you come back to Calvary, you'll have the understanding. You can walk in light, but you can't if you don't. Amen, Brother Curtis. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, I can walk in darkness. That's proof from what Paul told the Roman church, chapter 13, Romans. Amen. I'm trying to make a point here. I know I've said this, but I want us to get it this morning. The church can be bound in darkness, walking in darkness, saying they're in fellowship with Christ. I've been there. I said, I've been there for many, many years. But thank God he brought me back to the light. Amen. The light that he walks in. And to walk with him, you have to be in agreement with him. Amen. And watch this. If we say we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness. If we hear the message, wake up, and we refuse to, watch it. If we say that we have fellowship with him and walk in darkness, we lie and do not the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship one with another. And if we have fellowship one with another, the blood of Jesus Christ, his son, cleanses us from all sin. See, the reason they turn that around to make it for the lost is because they don't believe in sanctification, which is true all throughout the New Testament. It's the will of God, the Bible goes as far to say. That we need to learn how to possess our vessels in sanctification and honor. And if I don't believe that I need the blood cleansing me along the way, then that means I can just take care of this myself. And I promise you, can't no man take care of it ourselves. And if we fall into that, that's a big, large group of the people uh, that the Lord is talking to today about cast off those works of darkness. Cast that off. You're walking in darkness. You can't walk with the Lord unless you're walking in light because it's the only place He walks is in light, praise God. So we see we roll right into verse uh, uh, 12. He's, and, and, and I think we covered this, uh, not verse 12, I'm sorry. Verse uh, 15, see then, everybody say see then. I love when the Bible says see because it really means something special. It means the only ones that's going to be able to see are the ones who are believing what the Holy Spirit gave Paul to tell us we need to see. You see, you can't see if you're asleep. So you've got to wake up to be able to see. I've never once in my life been able to rise up out of bed, take a shower, eat something, get ready to go to work, go to work, work all day, and be asleep. It's never happened for anybody. Now, I might go to work and act like I'm asleep. Be dumber than a rock some days. Mondays are kind of real bad about that for a lot of folk. But I'm not asleep. I drove 35 miles to get there. I wasn't asleep. I promise you, you can't drive and be asleep. Amen. So I like it when the Bible says, see then. And, and let me just give you a little uh, uh, something here. Every time you see the word see or we see or seeing then, you need to highlight that and you need to back up and read what you just read and then flow right into what you're reading because he says, see then that you. Walk circumspectly, 
not as fools, but as wise. And you see, we're not fools because we say there is a God. Psalms, what is it? Verse, chapter 53, verse 1, the, God called the, the, the people that say there is no God fools. For, for, for the fool says in his heart there is no God. Now, I know the fools didn't like what God calls them, so they gave themselves another name, atheist. Well, they're still fools in the book of God. And it's only God's book that counts. So you can name your name, self, whatever you want to call it, but when you stand before God one day as a fool, you will be cast into hell. Call it atheist, call it whatever, you're a child of darkness till you become a child of light, and that only happens through the blood. But the Bible here says, See then that you, Christian, you, Christian, walk circumspectly. That word means perfect and diligent. Diligently in your perfection that only comes through faith in the cross. The only work of perfection is the work of Christ. I need to say that again. The only work of perfection that's ever been done is the work of Christ on the cross. It was a perfect, complete work. He was diligent all his life. He walked and lived circumspectly. He diligently lived perfectly. He diligently became that perfect, spotless, sin-bearing offering for us. It is the only perfect work that's ever been done, the only perfect walk that's ever been performed by a human being is Jesus Christ. But God sees our simple childlike faith in that perfect one, and if we keep it there, God sees us as those children of His who are walking uprightly before Him. It's not because we've got everything else right. It's because when He looks at at our faith, he sees his son's perfection, and he says, there is no sin. You are perfect in my son. There is no iniquity. Remember when God in the old covenant said, there is no iniquity in Jacob? Believe me, if you walked up in Jacob, you could find stuff wrong, but God looked at them through the blood. It doesn't mean that we, this, this, and I know the, the, the false grace preachers and teachers use what I'm saying right now to go the wrong direction. We're talking about position. You are perfect in Christ Jesus. You are perfect. There is not a thing wrong with you in Christ Jesus. But your condition, if your condition was what it should be, we wouldn't need to be here this morning. Our condition causes us to be a student of the Word. Our condition causes us to cry out for the bread of life today. Our condition causes us to say, Lord, I need more of you, and I need to be able to love you more. I need your strength today. I need your wisdom today. And it's our condition that the Lord requires us to walk in a place called sanctification. And so he says, see here that you, and if you, listen, if, if your condition, my friend, was like your position, you would not have to be told to wake up. You would not have to be told to love your brothers, to stop stealing. You would not have to be told to walk circumspectly. You would just be a circumspectly walking dude. But we don't just wake up and tiptoe off into circumspectly. We have to fight the good fight of faith 
Paul told Timothy to be able to lay hold on this eternal life. It's a fight of faith to be able to, to grab a hold of this victory that is ours. Hallelujah. The Lord told me something the other day. He said, this is not a, 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 a victim's march. This is a victor's march. This is a victory march we're in. And as long as our faith remains in the victory that Christ afforded us at Calvary, and I mean not by word but in our heart, we will walk in victory, live in victory, be a Agreed with the Lord, and we will be able to see then that our our need and our responsibility is to walk circumspectly, which again means uh, a perfection, perfect, diligent. That you and I can't do any of ourselves. We have to have the Holy Spirit who is God who will continually point back to Calvary that perfect work. And my faith remains in what the Holy Spirit is teaching me more of this truth, hallelujah, that if I keep my faith there, I can walk in this wisdom and not as a fool. See, I'm not a fool, but I can walk as a fool. There are many Christians who live their lives and they look no different from the fools which are the lost people of the world. A Christian is not a fool but can live as a fool. I don't want to live as a fool. I want when people to talk to me and, and, and see me, I want them to know he's not like them. I'm not talking about something better. I'm not better than anyone, but I am being better equipped than most that I know today because the Lord has been able to bring me back to faith and grace, faith in the cross. And there He can equip me. There He can strengthen me. There He can comfort me. Everything else is just me taking the advice of other humans that will not work but for 15 seconds. And I need more than 15 seconds of deception because it's really not even working the 15 seconds I think it is we can get together and hug each other and and say comfort each other and but listen if it's not the truth involved that won't get it the little get-togethers most folk have on sunday morning wednesday night if it's not the message of the cross they're just having little fleshly get-together praise god that's why they don't like us because we don't mind telling the truth See then that you, church, walk circumspectly, not like fools, but as wise. Wow. And we're going to talk about wisdom. I love when we first started Ephesians, we got off into talking about wisdom. And I love to talk about wisdom. I love to show the people of God what wisdom is and how it was given to us and how it works, rightly dividing the Scriptures. And we're going to use the last portion of this, this teaching this morning to try to roll through these last uh, two Scriptures here, verse 16, verse 17. Let me just read uh, a Scripture here. 1 Corinthians 1.30. Now, what we're talking about now, we're talking about because the Holy Spirit has told us, make sure, see to it, that you walk circumspectly. Not as fools, but diligently as wise. Because God's people are wise. When you're born, you stepped into the wisdom of God. 1 Corinthians 1.30 tells us, But of Him, of God, the work of God, the operation of God, are you in Christ, Jesus who of God is made unto us wisdom. If you're looking for wisdom, you can't have it till you come to the cross. You can have anything you call wisdom, but you can't have God's wisdom 
till you come to the cross. Through the cross of Christ, Jesus was made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. And I'll say something just in passing this morning. You can highlight those four words in 1 Corinthians 1.30 in your Bible because in those four words, through those four words, you will get everything from the Lord you need. You won't get anything else except through those four words because those four things are what Christ was made unto us to provide us with every single thing we need. It covers every single thing we need. So we're talking about wisdom though. One of those four things is wisdom. Christ Jesus was made unto us wisdom. James chapter 3 talks about a fleshly wisdom and a wisdom from heaven. The Bible, I won't probably be able to get this right, but I believe it's James 3.18 says, The wisdom that comes from above is first pure, peaceable, gentle, uh, good, easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruits, and it's without partiality and hypocrisy. That's talking about Jesus, my friend. He's the only person that's ever... Only person that's ever been like that, without partiality, without hypocrisy gentle and good, meek, full of good fruits. Oh, my goodness. He's the only one. He is the wisdom of God. And there's a scripture I used to preach way back before I knew what to minister. Proverbs 15, 24 says this. The way of life is above to the wise. The way of life is only above to the wise that he may depart from the hell that is beneath. I love that Bible verse, even more so today that I know who my wisdom is and how my wisdom came to me through the cross, through the, listen, through the word of the cross of Jesus Christ, my faith attached to the truth that I heard about what that man did for me at Calvary. The way of life is above. It's above everything we're surrounded by every day. The way of life, his name is Jesus. He's above everything to the wise because the wise are those who have their faith in the cross. The five virgins who were wise were the ones, the only five of the ten that went with the bridegroom when he came because their faith was in the cross. Now, I want to show you in the Word of God this morning how wisdom comes to man. Yes, through the cross. Yes, through Jesus Christ. Paul taught the church in Corinthians that in Corinth that, that this wisdom he speaks. The world, the princes of this world didn't know anything about this, this wisdom that he speaks that was hidden in a mystery. If they'd have known about it, they, he says they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory, which talks about the cross. So the wisdom of God, Colossians 2, 3 says, Jesus, in Jesus, is all the treasures of God's wisdom. But it's only released to man through the bloodshed and our faith in that. Listen, it's not released to the world just because Jesus died on the cross. It's released to those whosoever will believe in Christ that he died on the cross for our sins. Then that wisdom of God comes to us by what? By faith that came by what? Not you seeing Jesus there that day. You weren't there standing there watching. Oh, you were there. <laughs> but faith came by hearing this truth, this word. So I want you to look at Proverbs chapter 2. 
It's hard for me to study Proverbs. Because I just get stuck in chapter 2. Every time I go to Proverbs, I just say, Lord, I want to read Proverbs 3 today. <laughs> and I just can't get out of chapter 2. Chapter 2 is so profound and awesome and illuminating to me now that I know the message of the cross. Let's just start with verse 1 because we're talking about the Holy Spirit through Paul telling this church in Ephesus and to the faithful in Christ Jesus of all history that we're to walk as wise people. And we know how easy it is to walk as a fool with no reference. People can look at you and can't even tell you, you know God. I don't want that life. I want that life walking as wise, being able to discern the times and the spirits, being able to test the spirits and know what is flesh, know what is Satan, know what is God. It's important. Only in wisdom can you do this. Only by the Spirit of God. And let me say this before we dig in a little deeper. It's the Spirit of God that will have to impart Get this. He will have to impart, give you the wisdom he gives you. But Jesus said when he comes, he'll only speak the truth. So the wisdom of God, just like the righteousness of God, another one of those four things that we talked about, come only through the truth. We have to hear the truth. And when we believe the truth, which is really the biblical hearing, Faith comes, and when faith comes, faith overcomes. Faith brings about the, the plan of God in my life. Taking place, not just verbally, but watch this. Proverbs chapter 2, verse 1. My son, if you will receive my words, everybody say my words, my words. and hide my commandments with thee, which means his words, so that you incline your ear unto wisdom, means you you, you, you want my word, son, so that you can find the wisdom you need. And apply your heart to understand what it is I'm trying to tell you in my word. Yea, if you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding... See, it don't just come, my friend, laying in the bed. It don't just come in your everyday casual. You got the Bible. When you cry out, when you incline your ear to know, when, when you, what does he say? When you apply your heart to understand. This reminds me of Daniel. The Bible says when he set himself apart to understand. Understand what? The word of God he had up to that point. My goodness, war broke out in heaven. It's when we have a desire to understand not just get a passing word every once in a while. But listen, he says when you incline, first of all, you hide my word with you. You incline your ear unto wisdom. You're looking for the wisdom of God that will only come out of my word. And you will apply your heart to understanding. If you cry after knowledge and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver and search for her as much as you trying to win the lotto, then shall you under, then then shall you understand the fear of the Lord, which means the proper biblical estimated value of the Lord. 
and find the knowledge of God. What happens when you find the knowledge of God, my friend? You find eternal life because John 17, 3 says, This is eternal life that you know the one true God and His Son, Jesus Christ, whom He sent. When you find the knowledge of God, you find eternal life. And that's what every man, woman, and child is looking for, whether they realize it or not. Hey, watch this. Here it comes. Verse 6. And let's just back up and start with verse 5 because there's that three-letter word, for, which means because. So when I see it, i got to back up and roll right into it because this, you have to do this because if you don't, you'll just be reading a verse and a verse and a verse. This is God's Word. He didn't speak here and there. He put it together for us. Then shall you understand. When? Back up and read the first four verses because God says then, after this, then... And, and, and you know you know it's true because there's only the only people who've ever been born again and found eternal life in Christ have been desperate people. The only people, my friend, who is who are in these last days going to be waking up from the ignorant, the ignorance, the dark works of darkness, the slumber they're in, and come back to Calvary are those people who find themselves back in this little prescribed order of God to be able to experience this eternal life. And that means fighting our way through, casting out the worldly, Lord, forgive me, I want to be more concerned about you. The only people coming back in the church to the message of the cross are the desperate people. Laying in the floor and crying on night, the night of prayer don't mean you're desperate. You could be, but if you're desperate, you're going to be crying out for the Word of God, the truth, the knowledge, the understanding that He wants you to have. Praise God. And He says, Then shall you understand the fear of the Lord, and find the knowledge of God because the Lord will give wisdom. And now you got to watch this today. I don't write on the board too much. I don't know. I don't guess I really needed it. But when you see a colon, two dots after something in the Word of God, it is about God is about to define what He just said. He tells us here, He will give you wisdom if you'll be found. Hearing his word. Hiding his word in your heart. Inclining your ear. Wanting to know, God, what's your wisdom in your word? Applying, Lord, I, I, wanna, I, I, want, I want this applied to my life. I don't want a Sunday go to meeting and a Wednesday go to meeting. Pray, thank you, Lord, for that. But I need what I'm hearing applied to my life. Because you told me out of my heart comes the issues of my life. So I need your word filled up in my heart. So the issues coming out of my heart will be your will for my life. Mm. So if you get to the point where you are desperate and you really want a move of God, you'll begin to cry out after his knowledge and, and his understanding. You'll begin to seek this greater than you would anything else on the earth. And he says, then you'll find the knowledge of God and the fear of the Lord. <coughs> because the Lord gives wisdom. Colon. Now he's going to tell you how he gives it. Watch this. So simple. So elementary. Out of his mouth. Everybody say his word. His word. Out of his mouth. See, what comes out of the mouth of God 
is his word. So this is how he's going to give you wisdom, through his word. Watch this. Out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So by the word of God, and he starts out with that in verse 1, my son, if you will receive my words, not Obama's, not Trump's, not Oprah, not, not, if you'll receive my word, then I'll give you wisdom. Colon, what's that mean? How's he going to give me wisdom? Out of my mouth will come the knowledge and the understanding you need through my word. And we know it's true. We know this is what this means because we get everything we get from the Lord by faith. And faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the Lord. Praise God. So the wisdom we have, the wisdom Paul tells the church in Ephesus, we need to see that we're walking in, not as fools, but we need to see that we're walking as wise, as the wise children God's called us to be. It's only going to come as we place our faith in the Word of God as it pertains to the one who was made wisdom unto us. For Jesus is my wisdom. This is just a greater confirmation than ever that Jesus said in John 5, 39, you are searching the Scriptures, but I can just see and think it. But why are you searching them? You search the Scriptures because you say in them, you have eternal life. But they are they which testify of me. And you won't come to me. Therefore, you'll never get from the word of God what you're after. See, that's another confirmation that you need not just the word, but the truth in the word. Jesus is the truth of the Word. And what makes Him, again, I'll never get tired of saying it, the applicable liberating truth that gives us freedom is the blood He shed at Calvary. He was made unto me wisdom, 1 Corinthians 1.30. He is made unto me wisdom, how? Not just by appearing, not just by performing miracles, but through His death. Paul referred to the cross as the Wisdom of God hidden in a mystery. Had the princes of this world knew it, they wouldn't have crucified the Lord of glory. So the cross is the, the door. Well, wait a minute, preacher. Jesus said he's the door. Yes, he is, and he's the light. But the cross is the doorknob. And the, and the cross is the light switch. Without the cross, he's my nothing. I can't be made righteous without the cross of Jesus. I can't be sanctified. I, I can't have wisdom. I can't, I can't have any of those things. I, what's, what was the other one? I can't be sanctified. I, I can't be redeemed without the blood of Jesus. And I can't, as a Christian, walk as wise without my faith remaining in that wisdom that God intends not to be hidden to his church anymore. It was hidden at one time in a great mystery, but Paul, by the Spirit of God, has wrote down on paper the Word of God revealing in great plainness of speech the truth of Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Only the man or woman, years of ministry does not get you wisdom. The truth gets you wisdom. Gray hair does not get you wisdom. The truth gets you wisdom. 
What is truth? No, it's who is truth and what is truth. The who is Jesus. The what is what he did at Calvary. For without that second part, you have absolutely nothing. Not even a relationship with God. In all reality, we don't even know God yet if our faith is in anything other than the cross. And if we are born again and our faith moves from the cross, then we live as fools, not wise. And that's why even a lost person can see who's real and who's not real. That's the words they use. You've heard it before. Oh, they're not real over there. Oh, I know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Reason I want, just like the guy a couple years ago called me, wanted to meet with me in the in the office about his issue, and I asked him after it was over, two hour little session. I, why'd you call me? Because he don't go to church here. He goes to some church, not even preaching the message of the cross, but yet he knows what I preach. And this is what he told me. He said, "I knew that you would tell me what was right, even if it made me mad." Why? Why? Why can we do that? Because we should be as real to people as Jesus is to us. And we will only be as real as he is to us. And a lost person can see a fake preacher in a fake church a mile away. I'm talking about a lost person. They also know who's real. I've heard it many, many years. Powerful this morning. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. The way of life is above to the wise. You want to live above all this? Then begin to live as the wise children of God that you are. Amen. There's a lot more. I love to teach on wisdom. I won't get sidetracked this morning. There's a lot more to be said about wisdom. But look at verse 16. It says, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Redeeming the time. You can't do it unless you're walking as wise. See, this all flows together. You can't just grab verse 16 and run off. Make your own denomination. Make your own belief system. No, God's word flows together. Unless you cast off the works of darkness and are willing to come back to the message of the cross that Paul preached and believe that and share that and live that life, hallelujah, by the power of the Holy Spirit, through faith in the cross alone, then you will not be able to redeem the time. When we see redeeming the time, when you see the word redeem, it, say, it spells C-R-O-S-S. You cannot say the word redeem without looking at Jesus and what he did at Calvary. So if we are to redeem the time because the days are evil, that means we've got to walk as children of light because our faith is in the cross and we've got to share the message of light, hallelujah, because the only answer for all the things that are evil in every day is the redemption plan of God. God. The only answer God's God. Going to church is not his answer. Coming to Christ is his answer. Well, preacher, going to church might get them to Christ. Well, that's a true statement. But when we're out ministering to people, we don't just say, you ought to come to my church. Let me tell you something. Most people do. Well, why don't you come to our church Sunday? There's nothing wrong with that. But while you're inviting them to church, you need to tell them why you go. Most people wouldn't dare tell them because it's not sufficient. 
And let me just ask this question. Is what you're telling folks every day going to redeem the time? Getting them in your church won't work. Mm-mm. Telling them to do something won't work. Redeeming the time is pointing to the one who can. Christ. He is the redeemer of all eternity. That means today, in this, ta- this day, today called time, we have time, day, time. Right now, we have 9 to 10 to do this broadcast. You have 8 to 10 hours at work of time every day. All you ever have is right now. And it's high time. We begin to walk in and share what redeems the time. And there's not but one thing. And that's the message of Jesus Christ and him crucified. Redeeming the time because the days are evil. Verse 17, wherefore, you be not unwise. Now, we're being told twice here by the Spirit of God not to be unwise. Don't walk as unwise. Don't be unwise. But understanding what the will of the Lord is. He just told us what the will of the Lord is. It's not an option. It is a command. It is a wake-up call. It is a, it is a daily call of uh, a check, if you will, uh, conviction we need to call. It conviction's not always about sin in my life. Conviction, I have a conviction that I need to walk in the light. I have a conviction that I need to preach the truth. So he says here, uh, Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now I'm going to end today on one of my all-time favorite scriptures in the New Testament that confirms this message that we preach, why we preach it, and that it is the message that every preacher is supposed to be preaching. It is the only avenue through which understanding comes. We saw in Proverbs 2, 6, the Lord gives understanding, colon, here's how he does it, out of his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. But what's coming out of his mouth? Watch this. If the Lord's giving you knowledge and understanding, and Peter wrote that we're to grow in the knowledge and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, so our knowledge, the Lord's going to be speaking. He told us when the Holy Spirit comes, he's going to be revealing truth to you. That's the word of God concerning Jesus and what he would do at Calvary because that's what makes him the truth. So watch this, Luke 24, 44 through 46. I've said it probably, oh, in hundreds of messages. And I'm not going to stop because it shows us, let me say this, it shows those who will believe the Word of God, who will reject what anyone else says that would refute this. But if God is going to give us knowledge and understanding, it's going to come because we're crying out for it. It's going to come by way of his word through the wisdom that he gives. And let me just define it this morning. God's wisdom is walking in the knowledge and the understanding of God's will. That's God's wisdom. Jesus was made unto us wisdom. He fulfilled that. He walked in God's wisdom all the way to the cross. You and I, for us to walk in wisdom, we must walk according to the Word of God by faith through what Christ did at Calvary. And watch this. Jesus resurrected from the dead, walking on the road to Emmaus with a couple of disciples. And this is what happened. 
verse 44, Luke chapter 24, verse 44. And he said unto them, These are the words which I spoke unto you while I was yet with you, that all things must be fulfilled which were written in the law of Moses. That's the first five books of the Bible. And in the prophets, that's the second segment of books. And in the Psalms, that's the entirety of the Old Testament. The law, the prophets, and the Psalms, that's the Old Testament. Watch what he says as verse 44 closes concerning me. And Jesus also said, I've already quoted it this morning, you search the scriptures, for in them you say you have life, but they are they which testify of me. Watch this, verse 45. Then he opened their understanding that they might understand the Scriptures, the Word of God, and said unto them, here it comes, what he, here it comes, here's, here's confirmation of Proverbs 2, 6. What he said, the Word of God, unto them is what opened their understanding of the Scriptures that they desperately wanted. Thus it is written, and thus it behooved Christ to suffer and to rise from the dead the third day. Amen. We're closing here this morning. But I wanted to close with that because unless we're crying out for a greater revelation of Jesus, a greater revelation of the truth, not so we can just tell folk about it, but so the truth and God's wisdom and His knowledge and understanding can be applied to my heart for my life. So that I won't walk as a fool, but as wise, then I'm missing the point. Faith in the cross, my friend, gets you everything. Everything. Don't walk any longer as a child of disobedience. That's No one can tell any difference between you and the lost. Walk as wise. Wake up. Cast off those works of darkness, that ignorance you've been holding on to, and lay hold on eternal life today and watch what the Lord will do for you. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you right here next week, same time.